all right, brother, let's do this. What's um? Oh, geez, what's like a okay? All right, Angus McKenzie. <clears throat> all right, let's do this, Angus McKenzie. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Gut Shot, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that, insert complaint about Fetchlands here. This is Will, and I'm joined as always by Frederick. Hello everyone, it's Frederick, the 25 cent rare that ruins your VIP booster. Welcome to Gut Shot. I think that my VIP booster is ruined no matter what I open up in it. Uh, I have the worst luck with these things. Yeah, yeah, I have the worst luck with making financial decisions too. Um, (laughs) Nice. Seriously, don't buy a fucking VIP booster. Today we have a topic that I am very, very excited about. The card I have been most excited about in a long time, Lanoir Visionary, hit us in Corset 2021. Uh, Will, do you want to tell us what Lanoir Visionary does? Yes, you know it, you love it. Lanoir Visionary, it is a 2-2 for two generic and one green uh, creature type, Elf Druid. When Lanoir Visionary enters the battlefield, you draw a card, and it taps for one green. Classic combination of two cards that everyone is familiar with, uh, Lanoir Elves and Elvish Visionary. Yeah, so I love this idea of stapling two cards together. I love like when your game lasts long enough that you can make homages to your old cards or game pieces, and your players get that, and they tune in, and you you play on it in a unique way. So like Hearthstone had a two-mana 2-1 in the first set that drew you a card when it died. And uh, in their Cthulhu-themed set, they had, like, a Cthulhu-fied version of it that was a 4-mana 4-2 that drew you a card when it died. So, like, just any time that you can go back and, like, play, riff on your old cards, like, I I just think it's really sweet to get cards that are, like, homages to old cards. How do you feel about that practice in general, Will? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. You know, magic is unique uh, in, you know, uh, this age where games come and go and they die, uh, that magic has such a, a deep history to uh, spring up from, and that this card, other than the fact that it uses the name Lanawar in the name, players look at this card and instantly know that it's two cards stapled together. Uh, most players have been playing, you know, for a while, look at this card and immediately know uh, what it is and what it's referencing. Yeah. That's just really awesome that magic can, can do that. Yeah, I think it's really sweet. And it's, you, you know, Magic players get si- excited often, but it's usually for cards no longer being legal in formats. And now <laughs> if, if Wizards can make people excited for a card becoming legal in a format, then that's huge. So Lanowar Visionary is um, a really cool design. I think I think everyone can kind of agree on that, unless you think it's derivative. But, like, sometimes you gotta you got to pay homage to the classics. So Will and I have decided to go through the back catalog of magic cards and staple some cards together ourselves. For competitive purposes, for meme purposes, we've gone through and and picked cards that we think go well together. Why should Mark Rosewater have all the fun? That's that's what I'm saying. Uh, exactly. <laughs> we wanted to go through and find cards that are good, cards that are important to magic's history, cards that we love, and staple them together. Yeah. Not literally. I um uh so I had a Gataxian probe that when it got banned, I um I stuck it to my beanie hat with a pin and I would wear it to tournaments. Uh and then it climbed back up to eight dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so don't yeah. stay don't actually staple your cards. 
But these are these are cards that are sort of smushed together. I want to jump right into it. Will, do you want to get one first or do you want me to? Yeah, Frederick, I'll let you uh, start us off on this one. And uh, we, we decided we wanted to make this a little interesting. Mm-hmm. We don't know what cards we've each come up with. So we're going to explain what we've come up with. And the reactions that you'll get will be uh, completely new to us. Uh, get our off-the-cuff takes on how we've broken every single format. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so my first one, I've designed this card sort of for modern legacy play. Lots of fans of Death and Taxes uh, will recognize these two cards mixed together. This is two and a white for a 2-3 human core artificer. Now, it's called Stoneforge Mother, and I it, it's a 2-3, it's a and when it enters the battlefield, you search your library for an equipment and put it in your hand. Now, here's the question. Does it have two tap abilities one that gives target creature protection from the color of your choice and one that's pay two and tap to put an equipment from your hand onto the battlefield? Or does it have one tap ability, which is one and a white and tap target creature gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn and put an equipment from your hand into the battlefield? Ooh, ooh, I I, I like this. I, I think I think that this is good. I personally think that the one activated ability where you know where where you have to like you know you can't just uh, do them independently uh is is a more fair design now obviously the two activated abilities would be just insane like that would be that would be a, a really good card i actually really like uh putting them together in one activated ability because you're kind of doing that with the mana cost anyway it makes you be a little bit more strategic uh about yeah. it I designed it for some modern play. I think it's honestly worse than either of the two cards if the ability's together, because you don't have the flexibility of just... Like, if you're, if you're just tapping to put the artifact in, you're basically giving up the other ability. And if you want to put um, give something protection, you have to leave two mana up. So I think it's a little fair in that respect. I think this will be fine in modern and legacy. Now, Stoneforge Mystic, the ability on Stoneforge Mystic says you may put an equipment card from your hand on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So same as Aether Vial, you can tap it without actually having something. Right. But the question is, can you tap it without having a creature to target uh, with Mother Runes? If the abilities are together, yeah, Mother can target itself. Oh, oh, yeah, this card's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love this. I would absolutely play this in Modern. Do you think this would see Legacy play? Yeah, I would, I would play this in Legacy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it would, it would slot right into, like, Maverick or something like that. Yeah. This is my fairest card that's not terrible. So, yeah, maybe I was wrong about that. Uh, why don't you hit us with your first design? Absolutely. Now, this card, I think, is really going to turn some heads. This okay. is a this is a four-mana creature. So, two generic, one white, and one blue. It is a two-four with flying, and its creature type is human bird soldier i i know half of this is stormcrow is this stormcrow squire this is stormcrow squire <laughs> i figured it out okay yeah so uh i i you know the memeiest of meme cards this is just a worse azure drake like this is not a good card but aren't we all a worse azure drake yeah if this was like squire crow uh, something mm-hmm. like that. Could you imagine the reaction of like the Magic ECG subreddit when this card got spoiled? Reddit moment 100 Keanu Chungus. Yeah, I, I think we would have some. It would be an inexhaustible mine of soy face. <laughs> yeah, I think, okay, 
on a real note, though, this would be playable at common in some limited environments. Oh, for sure. Would, yeah, yeah. I would take a two-four flyer for four, and I wouldn't feel terrible about it. Yeah, there is a uh, one moment while I search for this. It is. Um, oh, I'm not going to be able to find it, but it's this exact card. Um, but it's instead of uh, white and blue, it's two white in the mana cost. It has life link in addition, uh, and it, you know that's uh, I believe it's common uh, in whatever core set it appears in. So yeah, this is definitely a playable card in limited. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I like this. I think it's a clean design. Is it a human riding a bird or is it a human and a bird? Why not both? Oh, or is it a bird riding a human? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, that way you have to choose. Um, I am going to say that it is some sort of weird simic hybrid. Uh, so it's a, no one's riding anything. It's like a weird like a melding situation. Polymerization. I like it. Yeah, I would take this mid mid pack and limited if it were a common it's kind of a crappy uncommon because at uncommon we're getting two two flyers for two that make flyers cost one less and give buffs and shit but yeah this it's pretty good for a meme like i like i said i purely just want to see the reaction of the community that when this card gets printed yeah for sure so what else have you brought so speaking of memes here we've got force of badger <laughs> I don't know what two cards you think this is a combination of, but you're probably wrong. I want you to go ahead and take a guess. It is Charging Badger plus Force of Savagery. Uh, three and a green for a Badger Elemental. It is a 9-1 Trample Trample. Now, there's an old card from Future Sight that I love very much called Force of Savagery, and it's two and a green for an 8-0 Trample Elemental. The idea being that you have to have some way to pump it up. And I've pumped it up by combining it with Charging Badger into a 9-1 Trample Trample for a three and a green. Will, how do you feel about that? I, I, like, I like this a lot. I, I think it has a, a lot of uh, BBE, Big Badger energy. Okay, yeah. What rarity do you think this is in Limited? Uh, do you in think limited? this is a rare or just a... Because this would be kind of a bonkers uncommon, right? A 9-1 Trample Trample for four? With tra with trample, yes, um, yeah, because I'm thinking of like Yargle from Dominaria, right? I think it would be a rare. Uh, Force of Savagery was a rare uh, in Future Sight, right? Uh, and this is, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think it would be a really terrible rare, but like, yeah, this is either a rare you hate to pull or an uncommon you're pretty happy to pull in draft. Yeah, this would this would be rare um, for the uh, quote unquote preserving the limited environment, uh, which mm. is the which is which is why you're opening it in your like um, you know twenty five dollar collector's booster. Um, but yeah, force of badger. Um, they, you see, it's a it pulls a sneaky on you because at first you think it's a charging badger that you can use as a force of will, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, did not think that was the way you were going with that. I love the naming on that one. Yeah. It's very misleading on purpose. Uh, do you want to give me your next one? Absolutely. So this next one, I actually do intend for uh, you know semi-competitive play. Uh, I'm not going to give you the name of it yet. This is a one-mana artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has reach, and equips for three generic. Yeah, uh, what two cards do you think this might be? Um... Uh I can't think of anything that cheap. One mana, equips for three, gets plus two, plus two, and has reach. Plus two, plus two, and reach. Yeah, I realize this oh, is kind of... Oh, tough. no, 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 I figured this out. This is, um, this is the, the, fuck, the axe. 
Uh, and then the spider silk net or whatever that people play in Cheerios that gives plus O plus two in region. It costs zero. And then the axe that's pretty good in some limited formats that gives plus two O. It's from Mirrodin originally. The name escapes me. But it's the axe and the net. You nailed it. Yes, this is Bone yes. Splitter. That was hard. <laughs> you got it, man. Uh, yeah, this is Bone Splitter uh, from original Mirrodin. Cost one, equips for one, gets the plus two, plus zero. And then Spire Silk Net, which is plus zero, plus two, and gives reach and equips for two. So what did you call it? Oh, I, I didn't really come up with a name uh, a name for it. Um, okay. Yeah, um, Bone Net. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I, I'm thinking. I, I think. I think this is a very reasonable card. Uh, I'm thinking of it as a popper card. Uh, you know, um, uh, Bone Splitter uh, sees play in popper. Um, I have a Cobblade like deck that plays Which is Bone sweet Splitter. As hell. It's pretty sweet. It uses Trinket Mage uh, to uh, search up Bone Splitter and some other um, artifacts and equipment, uh, kind of in a um, pseudo Stoneforge Mystic sense. Yeah. I, I actually really like this card as like a popper card. Um, it seems really weak at first, um, but when you like look at it and look like uh, and look at other cards that are like it, they're really like this card really doesn't it isn't really a replica of anything else that exists. Yeah, the closest you would get is um, probably the card Copper Carapace from um, Scars of Mirrodin, which um, has the same cost one equips for three, gets plus two plus two, but instead of getting reach, it's a downside of not being able to block. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or Cultist Staff from uh, Scars of Mirrodin, which uh, costs two to play and then three to equip, and is just the straight plus two plus two. Yeah. I. So when I was making these, this didn't end up on the list, but I thought about trying to combine Embercleave and Skull Clamp, um, mm. my two least favorite equipments. Yeah. Um, and so I was I was thinking through that, and then I was like, is there like a zero mana pump spell that he's thinking of that he combined with an equipment or something? But no, 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 that was really smart the way you mixed those. I like that. I like that. I, I think it's cool that it still costs one, so it's still tutorable by uh, Trinket Mage. I, I just really like this card. I actually really love to see this uh, uh, see uh, be printed uh, for Popper. Although this would, I think, for, at common, this would really have to be in a Horizon set or maybe like a Commander deck. Um, I, I don't think this would really be printed at common in standard. Yeah, Bone Net. I I, I like that one. Real real quick, um, an honorable honorable mention instead of Spider Silk Net, Paradise Mantle. So it's Bone Splitter, but <laughs> it's Bone Splitter, but you can also tap for any color of mana. Okay, um, Bone Splitter and uh, Mox uh, anything. Yes, yes, that that <laughs> would be a very good card. Yes, I'm glad we can come to come to an agreement on that one. What's your next card that you're bringing? Oh, uh, okay. So this is, see if you can figure it out. This is 11, a blue, and four black. Oh, no. Uh, oh, my God. No, I'm not going to be able to figure this out. 8-8, eight, eight, lifelink, flying, trample. Pay seven life, draw seven cards. Morph for a blue, and it's a legendary demon wizard. Legendary demon wizard. Okay, so I know it's Gristlebrand. Uh -huh. who, who morphs for one blue? Oh, uh. I'm not going to know this one without looking it up. What's what's the second card? Uh, this is Scornful Gristlebrand. Um, Scornful oh. Egotist is a 1-1 oh. for 8 mana that, um, that morphs for 1 blue. It was in a set where in the limited format there were uh, other cards that encouraged you to have the highest cost permanent. 
that like yes. drew you a card, take all the cost of your highest permanent, whatever. So the idea was to morph him into play, and he was a one-one that you paid a total of four mana for, but his CMC was eight, so you could reap the benefits of all those cards. I saw him as a way to have not only the highest mana cost creature in the game out if you need one, but also to give you a gristle brand for four mana. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so we have scornful gristle brand. What are your thoughts? I, I love this, and honestly, um, any deck that plays Gristlebrand or like at least wants to cheat Gristlebrand in the play will still play this. Play it instead. It's got one more power and toughness. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, like if I was playing any deck that wasn't naturally going to get to eight mana, um, I would absolutely play this instead of Gristlebrand. Um, just to, you know, just just because you you never know when you need high uh, converted mana cost. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this one. I think it would be broken. I don't think there would be any format that this would be safe. But well, it's, it's Gristle Brand, so yeah, it's, it's yeah. a little, it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. It's Gristle Brand that you can cheat. It gives you a way to cheat it in itself. It's like if Gristle Brand had an adventure Goria's Vengeance. Does Gristle Brand being blue hurt it at all? Because now you can pitch it the Force of Will. You can. I didn't even think of that. There's that counter spell. Oh, uh, mystic, uh, mystic denial, mystic, dis- mystic dispute. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You can mystic dispute this crystal brand, although not not when you're morphing into it because it's colorless. Yeah, I think this might be pretty powerful. Yeah, this, hmm, combining crystal brand with a card that makes it cheaper might be might make it a little stronger. <laughs> right, I, I appreciate I appreciate the um, the the trying, and uh, hey, you're a magic player. Your instinct is to naturally break the game, right? Oh yeah, wait till you see two picks from now. Um, <laughs> Can't wait. Give, give me the next ancestral bolt. Um, give me the next one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this one I'm actually really proud of too. I'm really curious to see uh, your thoughts on this as like a serious card. All right, so this is a creature, two generic and one green. It's an artifact creature elf shaman uh mm-hmm. and it's a two one so um two two and a green for a two one when card dame enters the battlefield you may destroy target artifact or enchantment and then additionally tap sacrifice card name exile all cards from target player's graveyard oh this is um uh tormod's crypt reclamation sage yes yes all right so okay we 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 know that uh, modern especially is all about the sideboard, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's all about maximizing your uh, sideboard slots to be good against any sort of deck you might come across. Well, why don't we take that further? These are two, you know, pretty good utility sideboard cards that we're putting together so we can open up more sideboard slots. I'm actually I actually really like this, especially the choice of a uh, Tormod's Crypt over um, some other. Um, artifact uh versions of graveyard hate um, yeah because crypt it's you know it's just the one shot it doesn't stay on the field um and you kind of just use it when you need it and then it's gone um so it being kind of a lower tier graveyard hate card i think it's safer to combine with something else and uh to put it on a creature which will give mm-hmm. it a little bit of um extra utility not to mention that it being both a creature and an artifact really opens up recursion uh, uh shenanigans if you'd like to go that route so I, I i like this card how do you feel about this did i did i go too far it this makes the tormod script a little bit worse it can die to removal and um it has summoning sickness 
Uh, and uh, and you don't really get the benefit of attacking with it because if you attack with it, you lose the ability to like tap it on your opponent's turn to exile their graveyard. I mm -hmm. do like that it, it it makes it makes Rexage better, but it makes Tormod's Crypt worse, and I think that might be for the best. I don't know if this would be so great in modern sideboards. This would be a godsend if something like Eggs or KCI was still legal. Just doing both of the things that you want to do against that deck, uh, and it does help your Tarmogoyf, you know. Uh, it is artifact and creature for your Tarmogoyf. Um, I think it's a very fair card. I would lean on the side of saying that I probably wouldn't play it because just because, like, if I'm in green, Scoos is just better graveyard removal because it's targeted and I can get it bigger and gain some life. If I was in green, I would probably be playing Scoos and Nature's Reclamation or something. Although, I mean, there is, like you said, there is something to be said for freeing up sideboard slots which I might need to do more than anyone because I like to put mind slavers in my sideboard for when I get bored halfway through the tournament and I'm at the bottom table. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like uh, this, this kind of nerfs Tormod's crypt again. But I actually, I really like this card. Um, I, I, I do think that this card could see could see print. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm like really in tune with the Pioneer metagame. But, um, you know, in terms of like power, um, oh, I guess uh, Scavenging Goose is in Pioneer now. I, I know. I I think I think some uh, pioneer decks might be uh, might be looking for something like this. Yeah, I think uh, I hadn't considered pioneer, pioneer or, or historic. Yeah, they do have Tormod's Crypt now. I feel like if this was colorless, it'd be a lot better, just because green is better at doing both of these things. Although I guess not on the same card, and maybe I'm underrating that. I think this is the kind of card that's making us think a lot, and that's that speaks to its design. Exactly, exactly. I, I think um, this would also get kind of like Lana War Visionary uh, would get um, a lot of um, excitement going in the community and uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of discussion about whether it's what you want to be putting in your sideboard. So yeah, I, right. I think it's a really cool card. Um, so speaking of really cool cards, I've got one for you. Yeah, absolutely. Hit me with it. This is 17 and a blue. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not going to be able to figure this out. <laughs> uh, legendary Creature. Human Eldrazi Wizard. Naturally. 1616. This spell can't be countered. When you cast this spell, take an extra turn after this one. Flying, protection from colored spells, Annihilator 6. When card name is put into a graveyard from anywhere, its owner shuffles their graveyard into their library. Yes. Tap, deal one damage to any target. <laughs> Tim the Aeon's Torn. Tim Ricool the Aeon's Prodigal. <laughs> we we could workshop that i think there's a number of different ways uh we could go with that um so i decided to make emrakul so much better by making it cost three more mana and giving it the broken ability to tap to deal one damage to any target you don't need annihilator when you can go straight for the face for one guaranteed damage does your opponent have 16 squirrels problem <laughs> solved yeah you're, you're you're right yeah geez uh this is pretty pretty good i have a feeling that something like this might be a uh, band and commander <laughs> might be uh you know banned in some other formats gonna make some people quit magic completely for the rest of eternity as soon as this swings against them uh absolutely let's do let's call up the printers let's get this one going <laughs> yeah um i think it it, uh, it obviously makes emrakul worse i was just like what card can i staple to emrakul to make it way worse and also kind of a meme. And I figured, you know, Prodigal Sorcerer. Yeah, I guess making Immercool blue kind of does make it a little bit worse, doesn't it? Uh, because you lose all that colorless synergy. Oh, yeah, I guess. I was just thinking making it cost more without adding anything meaningful to it. Uh, but yeah, the, the making it cost a blue 
there's a lot of stuff that only interacts with colorless Eldrazi. Who's casting Emrakul for 15? Um, there are there are devotion or like like ramp decks that that try to. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, the Tooth and Nail. There, there's a there's a dude who played in our shop for a while. Modern. He played like the Tooth and Nail deck, but the backup plan was just to ramp into Emrakul because like 15 mana isn't that much harder than you know 12 or whatever. Sure. Yeah. That 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 makes a lot of sense. I love the card. Let's uh spend a little time workshopping the name, and uh, we'll we'll come back to this one. Yeah. Uh, give me yours. Give me your next one. All right. Okay. Here's here's what I'm really proud of. Um, kind of a silly mana cost, but not as silly as the the junk you're throwing at me. This is a eight mana enchantment for generic, one green and three red. Mm. As card name enters the battlefield, create a one one green squirrel creature token. You lose the game when that creature leaves the battlefield. At the beginning of your upkeep card name deals five damage to any target at the beginning of each instep your life total becomes five creatures can't attack you you have shroud you can't cast spells okay so this is form of the dragon and some squirrel enchantment from odyssey probably or is it an uncard i don't know where the squirrel card comes from i know half of this is form of the dragon <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You're right there. Um, yeah, and, and you're also right with the squirrel part being an uncard. This is form of the dragon plus form of the squirrel. So not only are you a dragon, but you're a squirrel. I powerful. <laughs> I I love this. And I actually love that it doesn't just increase your life total by one. You know, you you're still a five-five, but you also have your one-one. Uh so you know, there are multiple ways for your opponent to punish you for playing this eight-mana enchantment. <laughs> And eight mana enchantments should never be good. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, and like like I said, half of this is an uncard, and you know we we've seen that like some uncards are safe and good to bring into black bordered magic, and it's good for us to be looking for ways to kind of bring our unset brethren uh, back into the tournament fold, and and the best way to do that is to add things onto them to make the to make them even more ridiculous than their silver bordered counterpart. Yeah, I, I want uh, I want go to jail in Black Border. I think it's an interesting design. Can you can you remind me what that does? It's a uh, banishing light for one and a white, but they roll a six sided die at the beginning of each upkeep, and if they it lands on a six, then uh, they they get their creature back or they're permanent. Everything I know about the Magic community makes me think that they if that became a Black Border card, they would lose their mind. And um, correct. Yes. <laughs> I, I do not want that because I just wouldn't be able to like log on to anything online magic related for quite a while. Yeah. Uh I I I, I would love it. Uh, magic the circle jerking would love it. I, I don't know. Yeah, I uh I like your I like your form of the squirrel. I I like the idea of combining two pretty terrible enchantments to make a more terrible enchantment. Uh, do you think that there would be some way to play this in modern or something? Or do you think this card would be fine in standard? Um, no, I, I, I would not want this to be in standard. I wouldn't want a new player to open up this card because <laughs> it just, it's, it, 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 it's really inside baseball. Like, I think you really have to understand magic to kind of see what this is doing. Like it, it requires a, and, and this is true for just the original cards too. It requires an, a, like a, a very close understanding of how magic works to like get the joke. I, I like I like it as a card. I, I would want them to discover this after a couple of months of playing Magic and not yeah. in their fr uh, first booster. 
Okay, and I think for a card to be a good Lanoir Visionary, it has to also appeal to someone who opens it in their first magic pack. But it's great for me. I, I love it. I think it's hilarious. It would have, like, Sarkon on the front, but he's, like, Sarkon Squirrel Speaker. <laughs> that that's really good i actually think that's a that's a good name for it but yeah i i, I like i like this card uh what um what else have you concocted for us this is my attempt to make a pretty broken card it's uh two mana it's an artifact as long as card name is untapped each player may only untap one land for untapped step and then it's got metal craft tap to add one mana of any color oh okay so mox opal plus uh i'm uh I'm blanking on the last card. It sounds familiar. Uh, I'm sure it's pretty yeah. pretty good. This is Winter Opal. Um, oh, yes, yes. This is Winter Orb plus Mox Opal. So before you had to, um, uh, if you wanted to make the Winter Orb work, you had to find a way to tap it on your turn. Uh, well, no more. This one taps itself and it adds mana. Uh, and as we know, Metalcraft is a real restriction to have to build around. It's very, very big ask to have three artifacts under your control so it's a fair card perish the thought <laughs> right you you know how i can tell that you're a magic player how you come up with you come up with these uh stapled together cards that would absolutely just ruin the game uh run it into bankruptcy actually th this card could very easily uh cause the uh the end of magic as we know it as a game that mm -hmm. has lived for almost 30 years now just because you want to grief some noobs at friday night magic yes this is uh winter opal and it is my proudest creation i oh, sorry pause for a second i'm gonna do something really funny frederick what you have just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent card reading were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone listening to this podcast is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <clears throat> To be fair, you have to have a very high IQ to understand Metalcraft. The mechanic <laughs> is extremely subtle, and without a solid grasp of three artifacts under your control, most of your permanents won't be able to do anything. There's also Mox Opal's nihilistic outlook, which is definitely woven into its characterization. Its personal philosophy draws heavily from Mox Ruby, for instance. The fans understand this stuff. They have the intellectual capacity to truly appreciate the depths of these cards, to realize they're not just good, they say something deep about modern. As a consequence, people who dislike Affinity truly are idiots. Of course they wouldn't appreciate, for instance, the humor in Mox Opal's existential catchphrase, tap for a red, which <laughs> is a cryptic reference to Mox Ruby. I'm smirking right now just imagining one of these addle-pated simpletons scratching their heads in confusion as Mark Rosewater's genius wit unfolds itself on their playmats. What fools, how I pity them. And yes, by the way, I do have a Mox Opal tattoo. And no, you cannot see it. It's for Tron players' eyes only. And even then, they have to demonstrate that they're within five IQ points of my own, preferably lower, beforehand. Nothing personnel, kid. <laughs> Absolutely euphoric. So anyway, do you want do you want to see me do you want to see me break modern? Ah, yes, absolutely. Okay. Instant for two mana, one red, one blue. Card name deals three damage to any target. Scry one, draw a card. Bolt. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's Optbolt, you know, that card that uh, all of us have been uh, clamoring for. I really do think that this would uh, would break modern. Eat shit, Electrolyze. Exactly, exactly. Now, I do think that uh, in making up this card, I was thinking about it, a lot of the power of Lightning Bolt and Opt, even though Opt is obviously the weaker card here, comes from them being one mana. By stapling to, uh, them together uh, and making the card cost a, a hard two mana, you are kind of tempering the card a little bit, but uh, <laughs> but probably not, <laughs> to be completely honest. I feel like this is not this should not be looked at as an a bolt plus an opt this should be looked at as an opt that removes your opponent's creature for one more mana or a bolt that replaces itself but better a lightning strike that replaces itself and scries you one yeah yeah and when you look at it through that, that lens this card is very obviously broken i think this card might be bannable in legacy i know it's bannable in modern Right, exactly. Um, Wizards, I know that you don't listen to anything I say, but if you if you take anything from my incoherent ramblings on this podcast, listen to this. Do not ever print this card. <laughs> don't don't do it. Don't do it. And I know I know that you're you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, this aggressive rhetoric guy. He he really he, he's a real straight shooter. He knows he knows what the kids want. Um, do not print <laughs> this card. As much as it would make me happy, don't do it. Is this card more broken than Oko? Yes, yes. Maybe, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah okay. that's a bad benchmark. Um, I love it, personally. Okay, what if this was a legendary instant, though? Um, are, do you mean in the sense of, uh, like, the Dominarch? Yeah, you have to control a legendary creature or Planeswalker to cast it. Ooh, I do like that. Because that makes you wait till later in the game. That's, that's true, that's true. Can we print this in a set that has legendary Snapcaster Mage? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> or, or else no no deal. No deal otherwise. <laughs> I think you're on to something. If if this card were to um exist, it would need some sort of downside added to it. Uh legendary is actually probably a good one. The only other one I could think is maybe it costs like I, I don't know, I'm spitballing here, five life or something like that. But uh uh yeah, th this one definitely needs a little bit more time in the oven. Although you would make a lot of magic players very happy by printing. Ooh, Gutshot Taxian Probe. Ooh, nice. nice. Ooh, I that. Snapcaster Confidant. Sorry, none of these are on my cheat on my sheet. I just wanted to say them. Yeah, and this is this is where I pull up uh, MTG Goldfish most played cards in modern and just start naming random things. So I have got one last one. That was your last one, correct? Was Bolt? Yeah, that was that was my last one. Uh, strong finish, Frederick. Let's do it. Show me what you got. Drudge Crow. Uh, three, a blue, and a black for a 2-3 flying skeleton bird. Uh, one black, regenerate. I like, I like that. Well, no, I don't, I don't like this. Do we I, really do I shouldn't have ended on this at all. <laughs> do I, do I like this? I, okay, for limited, it's, it's a five drop. Well, let, let me, let me ask you, do you like this? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I I think that's probably the the correct take. No, I actually do really um I, I like this card as a thing to exist. I don't know if I would want to um yeah, yeah, you're right. For, for for limited, it is just five mana. Would you actively look for this in like a generic uh limited deck? Um it is a flying blocker that can regenerate for a black, and in the late game and limited, you're gonna have a mana open. Like you're just not you're not going to be evenly casting five drop into six drop into seven drop. So you're usually going to have a mana open late and limited. So it kind of blocks forever, it, or is 
kind of resistant to removal. So yeah, probably I wouldn't be too bad to have the mad to have this skeleton bird in my deck. Am I like excited to have it? Would I take it over just a three mana three three flyer? Definitely not. Uh, I think I think you've convinced me. I, I like this. I think that this is a good um, like a limited challenge where you know mm -hmm. people challenge themselves to draft as many of these drudge crows as possible. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I played. We played a draft at my shop in, at the shop in Berea once, where my buddy he made it his goal to force as many dead weights as he could get. It was like Guilds of Ravnica or whichever one that got reprinted in, and he he got twelve dead weights in that draft. Absolutely, I, I like I like this. I like the name too. Okay, yeah, Dr Drudge Crow. Maybe that's a reasonable card. Yeah, I think I think so. Uh, you know what else is a reasonable card? What Lightning Veil. Uh, so this is Lightning Bolt and Veil of Summer in two mana. Is this better than either of those cards? It's better than Veil of Summer. Is it better than Lightning Bolt? Okay, well, how about um, how about Lightning Seas? Uh, this is uh, two mana, one red, one black. Lightning Seas deals three damage to any target. Target player reveals his or her hand. You choose a non-link card from it. That player discards that card. You lose two life. Okay, is, is this an instant or a sorcery? Both. <laughs> both i actually um you could probably tweak this to be a real card but uh yeah that one's not good well how about how about uh dismember relic so this is uh one uh phyrexian phyrexian oh no it's two phyrexian phyrexian this is literally just the top modern cards on mtg goldfish target creature gets minus five minus five until end of turn and then whatever <laughs> Relic of Progenitus does? Whatever, whatever Relic of Progenitus does. I'm not, I'm not going to read that. That's what it says on the card. It just says whatever Relic of Progenitus does. Damping Sphere, Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath. That's worse than... That, yeah, that's strictly worse than Uro. I, I, love, I love the lack of um, response to that. Okay, I, I don't want to waste our time too much more with this, but I have, I have one more to sign this off with, and that is... For a top modern card? Snapcaster Jace. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I think that's a, a good place to end it. Thanks so much for listening to Gutshot, home of the absolute spiciest MTG hot takes. I'm Will at Aggressive Rhetoric. And I'm Frederick on Twitch at War Crimes Uwu. We didn't distance ourselves from Noah Bradley quickly enough, so that's all the time we have for today. Join us next time for more Gutshot. Gutshot.